0: Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings.
1: Welcome back. It's another week of Vikings Happy Hour, and I am joined by Tanishka, Ryan, and the producer. He's coming out from behind the screen. Dave is here tonight uh, to talk all things Vikings, um, as we're only, I think I saw, 16 days away from the draft uh it's it's coming up quick we've had a lot of content a lot of guests on this show um and i feel like i i had to get tanishka back on Uh, two weeks
0: from tomorrow
1: is it two weeks from tomorrow yeah wow but like i was saying i had to get tanishka back on i felt like her first appearance uh was was slightly dampened by by the internet issues but i think we got that fixed and i think we're ready to roll so let's start this show out how we know we can and uh go around and and talk about what you're drinking uh i did not have a chance to run to the to the liquor store today so just to admit golden. i found it in the back of my fridge uh always there probably but uh we'll just keep moving down the line tanishka uh any of uh beverage of choice this evening
2: no i just got watered today
1: hey that's good gotta stay hydrated <laughs> Yeah. I pounded a bunch of water before the show. <laughs> Ryan? Yeah, I did not get to the
3: brewery or liquor store today. So I'm, Last week we had the Four Roses, so I'm going to keep that rolling. I also have some water here. Um, cups actually were made by uh, an engraving company, Homestead Engraving. Uh, they do a bunch of different designs. So this one's like a straight cash homie. Right, I, I don't know if you can oh, see because of the lighting or whatever, but <laughs> uh-huh. um, this one he fit the he fit the like Vikings logo backwards into the Minnesota like you know crest cool. there. So um, yeah. they do great work. Uh, I know them personally. So if you're looking for any engraved cups, glasses, stemware, boards, anything like that, they do it. So Homestead Engraving.
1: That's sweet, man. Well, I'm
0: the only one that's. Actually drinking something decent.
3: Hey, Um, (laughs) now. Four Roses is delicious. Bite your tongue. No, and
0: I like Four Roses, so I'm not going to slam that. The Truth Imperial IPA. I've had it before on Happy Hour, and I'm continuing tonight.
1: So with that. I love it. Let's start the show. Hey, Skol
3: Mateo for drinking some Bacardi, man. That's great.
1: (laughs) Uh, my buddy makes some good uh, Bacardi Limones. Uh, in fact, I might have to have one of those soon when I when I see them. But uh, <laughs> let's let, let's dive right into. Uh, I feel like it's it's kind of a popular topic. I feel like I, I hear a lot of people talking about it. But uh, quarterbacks in and uh, in the Vikings uh, maybe being drafted in round one, maybe trading up. Uh, not a lot of, of background info here for you guys, but I just want to get your initial thoughts on it and you know we can go from there. But uh what are your guys' thoughts, Tanishka? I'll start with you about potentially if a Fields or Lance falls to eight or nine or ten, the Vikings trading up and going to get a guy like that.
2: I'd do it. I'd a hundred percent do it, especially if it if one of them is there like eight, I think nine if either they're the Broncos will pounce, but eight or 10. um, If not us, it'll be somebody like New England or Washington or even the Bears that might trade up to do it. But I think it's worth it because we're at 14, which is the highest out of all of those teams. So um, if, I don't know, if a team like Carolina wanted a left tackle or something, like we'd be the best because we're the highest pick out of those, so we'd be their best shot at getting – that kind of player at 14. Um, and I think it's just a good idea to have the succession plan now because you can probably trade cousins next year if you really want to. It's only like $35 million cap hit, which is like a lot, but the way that it's like going up, I don't think it's terrible for uh, the team that trades for him. Cause I think we pay 10 million of that. But um, I think that the team sort of stagnant where they are right now with kirk i mean it's not entirely his fault or anything and i do defend him a lot but i think that it would be good to kind of just like start over in that sense to just because they have a lot of young pieces around him but even next year they they're gonna have a ton of needs because most of their a lot of their like defense is on like one-year deals and um it might be a good chance to just like start over and just like rebuild in a in a way
1: I think you brought up a good point with um, and I, I didn't make this connection at first, but when, you, when we think about maybe trading up with Carolina um, and it would make sense for us to kind of trade with them because if they're looking at tackles, right like trading back to 14 from from eight should be like a, a pretty good option for them uh, to, to move back and, and still get they're not going to get you know Seawall if he falls, but they, they could still walk away with a, a decent tackle probably tackle number two, right? What do you think, Ryan?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's where I I think I do have maybe a little tougher time seeing it. I think we're actually probably in a better spot, even though they did just trade up for it, I guess, so that doesn't make much sense, but, like, for the Dolphins. Because when you look at the Panthers, they did just solidify or... You know, they they traded some capital for Darnold. Um, So they are going to want to... I think they're targeting left tackles, probably their biggest need. Sewell, again, likely is going to be gone. But if he's there, they're not going to trade out of it. And they probably aren't going to pass on Rashawn Slater. Maybe they do, but I I doubt they do. uh, Because if they trade back with us, they have another team that's likely coveting a left tackle in the Chargers who are right before us. So that's where I, I, I... Feel like it might be a little tough now. SI put out a um, uh, an article today. They did a mock draft uh, amongst their writers, okay. and uh, both Fields and Lance lasted to fourteen. They had a bunch of defensive guys go in a little earlier than they thought. JC Horn, Patrick Sertan, and a couple other guys where um, it. it cause those uh you know quarterbacks to fall mm-hmm. so i think uh, that would be an interesting scenario that we're at 14 with the pick of lance or fields and then making that determination there which fields i have rated higher as like I, I don't think he has as much of an upside as lance if lance hits his full potential but his ceiling or his floor is way higher in my opinion so um i i would I would rather go with Justin Fields in that scenario, just because I take the safer pick. But I thought that was an interesting uh, scenario that played out amongst their mock draft uh, that they did, because I can't imagine either one of them lasting to fourteen. But if they both did, I mean, that'd be pretty incredible. So,
1: Dave, what are your thoughts? I know that you, uh, you're, you're pretty. Uh, cri- I, are you critical of Kirk Cousins? I, I feel like I, I feel like you are. Oh, um, yes. And I feel like you're on board here, but I, I do want to hear your thoughts.
0: Well, my first question was: what when the whole question of the show is, do we take a quarterback early? My question is: what's early? First round's yeah. obviously early, but is third round early? It's early for the Vikings, it's early under Spielman. Uh, he hasn't taken a quarterback other than Stanley in anything other than the first round and he's got burned on the first round picks, uh, first with Ponder and then with Teddy, not because of Teddy, but because of Teddy's knee exploding. Um, it's, you know, what's early now, if a quarterback drops in the first round, say, um, Lance drops to 14, I'm all for it. Hey, I'd be happy. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they would do that. I think at that point, there's another guy, teams behind, that would be willing to come up, and then we do the trade-down thing. That's Spielman's deal. I don't think he has the intestinal fortitude to say no, and I'm picking a quarterback here, whether Kirk Cousins likes it or not. I could see it happening in the third I can't
1: uh,
0: at most. And that would almost be shocking. But I could see it more likely in the third than I can in the first. Would I like them to do it? You betcha. Why? Because now's the time to get Kirk's replacement. Period. Kirk has max. Kirk's... Kirk's the wonderful stat hog. Right? His statistics and box scores are absolutely fantastic. But he's a 500 quarterback, right? He doesn't have that it factor that other quarterbacks do and is valued so much. So, and the question is do we want to pay him next year? Next year's salary is 45 million if he's here. We can trade him, pay a part of that, do whatever is necessary. And then this year, have whoever we draft sit a year behind and learn. And I think that's a good thing, and that would be a good transition into the next era, era of Vikings football. If you're judging the eras by the quarterbacks,
1: I think Tanishka brought up a good point, though, and you're you're kind of dancing around it, Dave. But uh, this team is just stagnant, right? It is. Like, well, and
0: I mean, I
1: I think they they're going to they do just,
0: better if, this year. We're going to make the playoffs, probably. And then but we'll do stagnant, a one right? or two and out. That is stagnant,
1: <laughs> and it's that's, that's the same thing since two thousand nine.
0: The question is, can Kirk Cousins win you the game when it counts the most? And he has. I failed. don't trust and, him too. And he has failed to demonstrate that every year in his in this league.
1: I think that's that's key right there. I don't trust him to. I think he could. Um, I mean, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Let's let's not get off track there, but like
0: Yeah, but I why did Trent Never win the Super
1: Bowl? A good defense.
0: Yeah. A world class defense.
1: Right. And and the Vikings don't have that right now, but I think that's that's the point to maybe maybe look towards the future here. And and it's not to say Kirk is a bad quarterback because I know you called him a stat hog and to some extent, yeah, sure. But I do think I mean I was talking with a buddy the other day I think Kirk actually might be close. When we consider all the quarterbacks now, he might be f- like flirting with top eight quarterback in the NFL. Um, and because w- when you when you actually start listing those names, it, it's getting hard when you get to that eight, nine, ten range um, to be to just dismiss Kirk because um, Kirk is a good quarterback. He's got some pretty obvious flaws, um, but at the same point, just because you have a good quarterback doesn't mean you shouldn't be going for the future. Um, but going back to taking a quarterback early, Dave, um, I know you touched about like Rick would probably wouldn't want to trade up. Uh, but what do you think it would maybe cost to trade up? I'm trying to transition over to that segment here for like draft assets. But what would it cost to trade up?
0: Well, you're looking at if you're trading up, we don't have a second round pick. So we'd be a first And a third, multiple thirds, multiple fourths, which we have, possible, but it may be a first this year and a first next, or a second next. And Rick generally doesn't like to use future picks. Now, if you believe that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are tied at the hip and how this season goes, you know, determines their fate, they may be more willing to use future draft choices as collateral or uh, not collateral but use them in that sort of deal because they're playing for their lives basically and they've got to get it right now will they I don't know I I personally I would love to see it I I would like to have the excitement. Hey, we got our quarterback of the future on the
1: roster. We don't have that now. Tanishka, you looked like you were gonna say something there.
2: Yeah, I think the, the thing like just in general, I don't know how much it really means, but the Vikings still don't haven't addressed the backup QB spot yet. And it's usually been, like, one of the first things they've done the last couple of years. And unless they trust Nate Stanley, but I don't think so. Um, I do feel like... Or Browning. They're going to choose... Oh, yeah. Um, they're going to draft a QB maybe, like, day one or day two, like, round three. But I feel like, in general, um, it seems like... I, it could mean nothing, but it seems like a subtle hint that QB might be, like, higher on their agendas than we think. Um.
1: Well, I think and, Doogie... Reported that this is like the most homework they've done on a quarterback class since 2014. Like it's well known. Like they're not even hiding it. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. And they haven't.
1: Re-signed he said they've Manu. talked
2: to like every QB. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, you look at Slick Rick. Uh, he, I remember back when we took Dalvin Cook. Uh, the rumors were f- were flying about. Zimmer and Joe Mixon talking and they're like are they gonna take Joe Mixon and all the the show is over here and meanwhile they trade up and take Dalvin Cook and Mm -hmm. no one saw it coming and I could totally see a scenario where we're sitting there on draft night and we take a guy like Justin Fields or we take a guy like Trey Lance and everybody will look back and be like well you know we thought Rick was at those pro days looking at offensive linemen and here he was watching these quarterbacks instead kind of holding his cards close to his chest. Ryan, I think your mic was muted and I think you were going to say something. So I want to give you the floor.
3: No, I was just saying that, yeah, he was spotted at Alabama's pro day for Mac. Again, not necessarily just Mac Jones, but you know, Mac Jones is there, which again, I hope we stay away from. I I don't even have him as a first round grade. Um, uh, Justin Fields, first pro day, um, Trey Lance's pro day. So I mean he was, you know, I think they were. At, he was at BYU, I think, yeah, because they yes, were. He was again, we assume he was there to watch Brady Christensen, but again, maybe he's looking at Zach but Wilson. They have a picture
0: um, of him watching Wilson.
3: Yep, absolutely. So, uh, so I mean, there, there's definitely, you know, potential intrigue there. And again, this might be the move that saves his job, not necessarily Zim's job, but for sure his job, because if he can get a exciting young quarterback to get and put him in place, get this. um fan base excited about the opportunity of having the future, you know, next guy, the next, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the next Baker Mayfield, you know, that next guy, then, you know, that's exciting for a fan base and and that might save his job. Um, And we don't have, again, like uh, Tanishka had said, we don't have a long-term option, right? Because Kirk's uh, contract ends after 2022, there's no guarantee he wants to be back. He may say, "You know what? You can either franchise me or I'm off to to the highest bidder." so we don't have any security there. So, um with one year we also left, we don't on have the contract, any leverage. No leverage, I don't think no security any leverage. and and we're not going to extend them right now after, you know, his guarantee winning cuz mm-hmm. why would he do that, right? So, we're at a spot where we don't have a long-term answer. I mean, we have Kirk Cousins, but after 2022 you know, unless we draft a quarterback that year, which again is again, forcing our hand versus again, maybe in likely not in this top of a, like high of a pick. Cause again, we're probably not going to visit this 14 range next year. I, I, Dave, I think you had said we're, you know, likely going to make the playoffs this year. I don't, I, I I don't think that's a guarantee. I think we have a really hard schedule and I think some of those teams have gotten better. Um, but, you know, a 500 team and that's probably going to land us in the, I don't know, 15 to 20 range again, right? And that's not really a great spot to be in. So um, I think if you have an opportunity with a quarterback rich class like we have here with four really good guys you do it and if you can't get one of those four guys third round or even trading up in the second round for a davis mills or if you like kellen Mond or uh kyle trask i'm not a fan of his at all really but um and then you do that
1: as well tanishka i want to pose a question to you quick Mm -hmm. let's hear what you have to say first i'll come back to my question
2: cool now, i was just gonna say um i saw clifford in the comments saying that like one bad game from kirk then the media can hype qb competition for the rest of the year but like who knows it could do what um it could just make him play better like it could yeah. even Ooh. if we're not tied to him beyond next year he could play better if we take one so there's that and if not yeah, you, then i mean it's fine
1: <laughs> you like that flame underneath them and um we're about to see wh- how he really does under pressure, right? There's, there's all the talk about well, he can't perform under pressure when, you know, the big game is on the line. Well, there's no greater pressure than a rookie quarterback sitting on the bench behind you. Um, we saw Teddy do it with, uh, well, I guess it was Ponder and Castle, but uh, I guess it still applies. But the question I wanted to pose to you, Teddy, we saw and I'm it kind last year
0: you, with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example. And Aaron Rodgers
0: um, took it as motivation, went out and had a MVP season.
1: Now and they're still probably gonna get rid of him.
0: No, they already not not this year, after but... after this year they he's gonna be gone.
1: Well, he maybe we don't need a gone. quarterback. Maybe Rodgers is gonna come in next year <laughs> as <laughs> Kirk walks out. But uh I do want to ask this question. I know I'm throwing you on the spot. Um what do you say to the fans who um when we talk about trading up for a quarterback, I think the biggest question is like, well, there's still needs on the offensive line. There's still needs at edge. Um, Why would we trade up and give draft capital to trade up where we still have, you know, holes across the roster?
2: I think even if you do address a position like edge or offensive line um, with your first pick, you're not gonna like suddenly turn into Super Bowl contenders like either way I feel like no matter how good of a draft they have they'll probably still be playoff contenders next year because I just don't think that roster I just don't think it's there yet with everything and um, if you just take a quarterback you could you still have like what seven eight million dollars in cap space that doesn't include the rookies then maybe you just sign like a Ryan Kerrigan or like a tackle like eric fisher i don't know some free agent like that and just roll with that player for just next year and um spend the picks on your qb because i feel like the vikings they're always in like one year windows but they're not never like the best team like there's always teams that are better than them so instead of just like going all in for this year i feel like trying to compete this year while being responsible about the future would be a good balance. And I do think that like it would, a quarterback like Lance or Fields or whoever they're high on um would be worth it more than like Elijah Vera Tucker.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. And, and talking about draft capital too. I mean, when, when you look at the quarterback class next year, even. So yeah, let's sure. I, I like the idea of solidifying the O line and the D line and all of that. That all sounds like great. But when, if we're in this position again next year and we, and I think Mateo even threw, uh, mentioned this out there in the chat, the quarterback class next year is not nearly as strong. Uh, you have, I think Sam Howell from UNC. You have uh, obviously Spencer Rattler, if he decides to come out uh, from Oklahoma you're you don't have a ton of you know depth and again if you're not in that top three pick you're likely not going to have an opportunity to get that unless you trade even more than you would have to this year for a guy who like fields would be probably number one pick in next year's class if he would have stayed one more year right so i think that you know is another wrinkle that you have to think about when you're you know talking about the future here
1: A couple strikes against me here because I'm about to bring up another Oklahoma player, but I'm surprised that that's your stance, Ryan, because if the Vikings pass on a quarterback this year and everything goes downhill, uh, we could be in line for Oklahoma's quarterback.
3: (laughs) And obviously I'm all for that. I mean, we missed our chance on Baker Mayfield. We missed our chance on Kyler Murray. We missed our chance on Jalen Hurts you know, Spencer Rattler is the next guy in line, but again, I, I'm assuming he'll be a, top, I mean, unless he just is really bad next year, which I can't imagine. He's just got all the talent in the world. Um, he's going to be a top two pick cause and it's that same Howell kid out of UNC is really good too. So, you know, he, he's got all, uh, you know, we have to be a top two pick and the fact that our roster is good enough to not be in that position makes it hard for me to hope. I think, uh, J, Jr or Jordan Reed, um, uh, he had mentioned Ryan's going to be unsufferable next year with Rattler being in the draft, <laughs> and um, I agree if it was a somewhat realistic possibility we could get him, and I just don't see that happening.
1: You never know. Kirk Cousins torn ACL, and you're rolling with Nate Stanley the rest of the year?
3: Maybe. Wouldn't, Maybe. A re- wouldn't oh, a another deal, agree that's... on anyone.
2: <laughs> another thing though, um, with that question, I was just thinking... It would be easier to just like I don't know move Brian O'Neill to the left, and then just draft a right tackle in like day three, like I don't know Spencer Brown, maybe Brady Christensen's there, um, and take like your QB at fourteen because you can still solidify the offensive or not solidify, but like make it better than it is, um, and take a QB at 14 or in the first round. Maybe it's just not like, maybe you don't get an edge this year, but I mean, the defense I feel like still has enough to be a pretty good unit. So it's not the end of the world.
0: Right. And you may have, you may have your starting tackles on the roster already. Be it. Yeah. Obviously O'Neill's going to play one of the two positions and they can move them to left. They can keep him at right. You have Ezra Cleveland and you have Rashad Hill that they think could do it. So or they think Rashad Hill can do it. I'm not sure what they think about Ezra Cleveland other than he's a guard, which is asinine. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, and you've got Ole Udo, o- Udo stepping into his third year, which is always the big step year for offensive linemen. They may stick with that. They may stick with – we're talking edge. They may stick with, you know, combination of Wanham and Weatherly on the one side. And when we go – and that leaves them free to literally, if they want a quarterback in the first round and one falls, they could get it.
1: I don't think we pay enough attention to um, kind of like the beginning of last season when there was that, I mean, it was Riley Reefs either gone or he's taken a pay cut. And the Vikings were 100% comfortable going into that season without Riley Reef. And it's pretty much who we have right now, right? We have O'Neal, Cleveland, Dozier, yep. you know, Bradbury.
0: For that day I, in practice, they moved O'Neal over Samia. and Rashad Hill on the right.
1: <laughs> God damn it, Ryan. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think I think what would happen if they don't take a, another tackle early in the draft or at all, um, I think they'd probably try, you know, Rashad Hill and, and Oli Udo at right tackle, Maybe give Cleveland some some reps there, but I feel like they're going to leave them at guard, um, which will lead us right into my next topic for the show: Do guards even matter?
2: Um, Any, I'm going to say take the bait no. Here? Oh, I'll
1: do it. <laughs> Tanisha started. She says no. Guards don't okay, matter. I'll
2: clarify that. Um, I'm going to say no to a certain extent. Like I'd say the worst guards in the league matter and maybe, like, the best, like, Quentin Nelson matter. But having an above-average guard or an under-average guard doesn't matter, or an average guard. Like, those three tiers, I guess, Though, like, you're not going to lose or win a game because you have an under-average guard versus an above-average guard. But having the worst duo of guards in the league, like we had last year at a couple points, that you can't have that either. Like, they matter to some extent, but not really.
0: Now, Tanishka, is there another you're elite 100% guard? Correct. Top five guards matter. Bottom five guards matter. And last year we had the bottom worst guards, and that matters. Everything in between them. statistically doesn't matter as long as they're competent, roughly average. So,
1: are Is there another elite guard other than Quentin Nelson that Zach I'm just Martin missing is. out? Okay. Brendan Brooks is pretty good, and, too. And-
3: and like Wyatt Teller what, last year was a uh, number one rated offensive lineman, I think. So, I mean, okay. yeah, it, obviously like guard play matters, right? I mean, you have to have a, a cohesive group, but it doesn't mean that you need to spend elite draft capital to, that takes away from other positions that probably matter more to, to solidify that. And, and a quick, just touch base quick on our last topic, which was tackle. Um, there's, depth in this tackle class that does go into day three like Tanishka was saying I, I don't think Spencer Brown or Brady Christensen make it to day three but there's guys that have like high potential that like maybe had an injury history or maybe um, you know may, maybe they were you know a smaller school like Western Michigan so there, there, there's guys like Walker Little who was a consensus first round pick uh, his first two years in pros or I'm sorry in, in college and then he got hurt and then he sat out last year so he's like flying way under the radar, but he's like an athletic big prototype left tackle. He's likely going to go third, fourth, fifth round because of the fact that he hasn't played in two years. Um, you know, you have guys like Jalen Moore and Dan Moore, um, Texas A&M and, and Western Michigan, who again, profile out to be athletic guys, Deontay Smith from ECU. I mean, there's a, a whole list of guys that can play tackle. And again, they might not be ideal day one starters, but you, again, going back to drafting Justin Fields or Trey Lance, you're preparing yourself for the future. And if you can develop a Deontay Smith or um, James Hudson out of Cincinnati and have a legitimate left tackle in 2022 to go with Fields and to go with, you know, Janarius Robinson from Florida state at, at, uh, Edge to pair up with Daniel Hunter, and all of a sudden now you have a really good young but you know cost-managed team where, you, and then you can fill in around those guys um, that, that are missing. So um, I, I think that's just a run. call out,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and that's where you yeah. make your runs, right? So I think that's just a quick call out. But going back to guards matter, they I think they do matter. Like you guys are saying, I'm not going to you know rehash everything you guys just had mentioned, um, but. Yeah, we we just need something competent. We're literally like what we, and I've used this analogy in the past, I I think maybe on the mock uh, mock draft Mondays, but we've been sitting in negative 10 degrees with Samia and Dozier, right? And 30 degrees is still really cold. (laughs) Like it's, you're not going to go out in your shorts and t-shirt, but when it goes from negative 10 degrees to 30 degrees, it feels really warm outside. And that's what we—that's all we need to do. We need to get a guy that can, like, again, like I know he got uh, signed, but like a Forest Lamp, who wasn't that great, or a Trey Turner, or some of these guys. Plug him in and just be competent. And it's going to feel like summer versus, you know, that the the polar vortex, right? And and yeah, we don't need 80, 90 degrees. Zach Martin and Quentin Nelson. That would be nice. But we don't need that if we can't guarantee ourselves that with, because there's no guy in this draft that is Quentin Nelson, except for like Rashawn Slater at guard, but you're going to try him at tackle first because he can play tackle. Right. So I, I just don't see the the need there uh, to, to force that early personally.
1: I'm probably sh- uh, selling this, this person a little bit short, uh, but I feel like just give us an Anthony Herrera again, like, it doesn't. He was not spectacular by any means, but you know what he was? He was consistent, and he was a force on that line amongst those other offensive say, linemen.
0: Herrera had an attitude. He was consistent, but he loved beating up on defenders, and uh, and I love that. That's that's why I like Samia. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Samia.
3: Well, maybe either. he bounces it's, back. It's Who baffling. Knows? Yeah,
0: he could. Shout out to Mateo. Shout
3: out to Mateo. He said just get a bunch of LSU and Oklahoma players. I'm all for (laughs) that, man. I love that.
1: Do you want to take Maurice's question, Ryan? David Mills or Kyle Trask if you had to pick one round three?
3: Oh, Mills by far. I I, I actually like Mills. I think um, I'm having a hard time right now uh, giving QB5 to either Mills or Kellen Mond. Um, it's not Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is probably QB seven for me. Um, I like Mills's game. Mills is going to give you, um, he's going to be kind of like Kirk actually. Uh, and you know, in terms of he's not overly mobile, but he's mobile enough where, you know, if he needs to step out of the side of the pocket and and run for five, six, seven, eight, you know, 10 yards, he can do it. Um, he's a, a pocket passer mainly, and he's very accurate in the short to mid game. Um, He can improve on some deep ball accuracy, but I think, again, he's, he wasn't working with the best of talent at receiver either uh, at Stanford. Um, And and then Kellen Mond, again, he's going to be somebody that um, he's going to be somebody that you're going to have concerns with because he had some consistency issues in college and he played in the toughest, you know, conference in college, but Still, you had a lot of opportunity to show something, and he had great flashes, and he had really duds, uh, big time duds. So, um, but the skill set, the tools that the kid has, is better than most quarterbacks in this draft class. Like rocket arm, he's got some good accuracy, um, very mobile. But again, boneheaded decisions. So, um, and, and then Kyle Trask, I know he was a Heisman. Uh, you know, finalist, and he put up a pretty darn good season at Florida. Don't love his arm strength. Don't love um, his athleticism. And he's he's athletic, but not not enough where I'm excited about it. And uh, I mean, again, I granted, yes, he was missing Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts and some other guys in in that uh, game against Oklahoma this year um, in, in the bowl game, but he just looked bad. Like he did not look like a competent player against, I know in Oklahoma was trying and Florida wasn't trying or whatever they want to say, Mm -hmm. but that coach was just a nerd. I I couldn't believe what that coach said after the game, but um, he just didn't look good. I mean, and actually his backup um, I forget the kid's name. uh, He looked more competent uh, at, at that quarterback position. I know Kyle Trotz was a Heisman finalist, but again, it's kind of the Mac Jones thing, right? Is was it all because he had elite weapons around him all year? And when now he has to go take those elite weapons because he'll have those in the NFL, but and pair that with against elite competition, is that going to, you know, make him back to, you know, level playing field? So, uh, so to answer your question, I, I, I would take Davis Mills. I just like his skill set a little better.
1: I'm going to keep this show moving along. So for everybody who's listening, um, in, in the chat. What's I up, Dave? I would like
0: to answer Ed's question. Ed asked, Oh, go for it. Would fielding two guards instead of running five wide receivers statistically be better for the Vikings? And I'm assuming by fielding two guards, two competent guards. Average. Right? Which is way above what we have now.
1: Versus so I think what he's asking Ray is just getting two competent guards or running a five wide receiver set each time?
0: Well you're not going to run a five wide receiver set that's that's no but having five Why not? Good package. wide package?
3: come on spread it
0: out Well, college game all over right. again um but it's I'm betting now this is this is something that we need to ask friend of the show part of Climbing the Pocket um Eric Eager, Dr. Eric Eager from PFF, what the value on that is. I'm betting because of the offense we run, getting two competent guards, having two competent guards would be more productive than having all those wide receivers. Because right now we have two premier wide receivers. We have a good tight end. We have the best, if one of not second best, running back in the league, we got people that can catch the ball, but the offense with it the way it is, I think we'd get more points and more consistent drives with the two guards than we would throwing in a couple extra wide receivers. But
3: that's We team. should
1: shoot we should shoot Eric a message in the chat um, and see what he says to that. But um, before I bet, anyone I else bet speaks
3: Eric will say the receivers
1: <laughs> I bet, Eric I will bet say he
0: will do. Well, even Ed.
1: Um People in the in the chat right now and listening live, um, give us some questions to kind of wrap up this show. I'm going to toss one conne, uh, one question to uh, Tanishka here that was given by Justin LaRue. And it says, how much more improved has the defense become because of free agency? So um, I'll let you answer that. And hopefully we get some questions uh, in the chat to kind of bring us home here.
2: Yeah, I would say that, a lot because I think what like is it like seven or eight new starters and they're basically all upgrades and I think just like even home or Jalen Holmes to Stephen Weatherly is an upgrade. It's a small one, but um, just mostly everything is an upgrade. Like I guess the only real downgrade is Anthony Harris to Woods, um, which but, may not be. Yeah, that's possible too because people just play really well next to Harrison. So, um right.
0: And Harris didn't play well last year because he was, <laughs> yeah, that's true quarters. too. So, it, you know, Woods may come in and look like Harris did two years ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll, it would have like this one, this defense now would have gotten us in last year to the postseason, But cause I think we were like a game out. Um, But I do know, like, next year, everything, like, the schedule and stuff is tougher. So um, we'll see how they adjust. But um, I'm excited to see what, like, what, like, Zimmer does with it. Because I know that he was talking about, like, um, adjusting to new offenses and stuff. So um, I think the defense, and just in general, will have, like, a different look to it next year. So I just want to see how effective that becomes. And that kind of just depends on success.
1: Yeah, Ryan and Dave. I'll let you. I'll let you take one of those questions. Um, we got Ed's? one from Maurice and one from Ed. So whatever one Ryan, you want to take, Dave, you get the other. Okay.
3: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take Maurice's just because it came in first. So if we drafted cornerback uh, Caleb Farley at fourteen, would you be pissed? Um, depends, I guess is my answer. <laughs> I, I I I I'm not. Pro, no corner in the first round at fourteen. Um, I would rather trade back and see if you can get a, a, a even like a Greg Newsom at that point. If you trade back, because I like Greg Newsom a lot. Caleb Farley's is um, talent-wise, he's probably top two. I think I had him rated two or three, I can, can't quite remember, um, for cornerbacks in this class. So he's very talented. He does have a back issue, recurring back issue. So 2019 and then this year he just had a um, a procedure to kind of clean some stuff up. He should be ready for the season. But, again, it's just a, a data point to work off of that, hey, he's got an injury pass with a very um, – very sensitive part of your body right the back is a very sensitive part of your body um, but from a talent standpoint if, if all that cleared out farley at 14 is a great deal and i and and again it sets your cornerback room up for the future again like we've been talking about all show but setting our team up for the future so i wouldn't be pissed i wouldn't be like jumping for joy either uh but yeah i guess that's my answer
0: I'll take Ed's. My dream free agency, last victory, free agency signing is a trade. It's Orlando Brown Jr. And it sets us with bookend tackles. Uh, We'd, of course, have to work out an extension. And I would match it with O'Neal's. And, of course, that's a big chunk of the cap. And Ed's our cap guru. He knows that. And then... That would probably drop us either down or out of the first round, and then I'd go get that quarterback in the third. But that Orlando Brown Jr. to solidify our tackles, then I'm not as worried about the guards and press on. I'd be happy.
1: I would have said Jadavion Clowney had he not uh, had he not signed today with the Browns. The the potential. Uh, Super Bowl champion Browns, maybe hell they got a loaded roster over there, and I think that's what the Vikings could hope for on with a quarterback on a rookie contract. Um, Tanishka, I saw another question come through, and I don't know if you if how well you know the the mid round players in the draft this year, but um, I'll offer that question up to you from Mateo. Uh, any mid round player that you would like to see on the Vikings?
2: I do love Milton Williams. I don't know. His stock's been going up since his pro day. Probably could have gotten him in like the fifth or sixth before that, but it's going to be like the fourth, I feel like, or maybe even the third. Um, But I think that like he becomes that like you have two good interior linemen, but you don't really have that much interior pass rush. Like Tomlinson gives you some, but I feel like moving Tomlinson to nose on third down and then plugging in Williams um, because he's like a pure interior pass rusher, that would be fun. Then um, he's a late round, late-ish round pick, and but I feel like he could get you a decent production, like rookie year, and then working with Andre Patterson would just help even more.
1: I think we can justify almost any later round selection of a defensive lineman just because of Andre Patterson. Like I wish we had that same type of coach on the offensive line where we could be like yeah. seventh round. Offensive linemen, like, who cares? We have so-and-so as the coach, but we just don't have that. Um, I'm going to go through one by one. We're two weeks in a day away from the draft. Um, I want I want predictions from you because I don't know if I will get the chance to ask you guys again before draft comes up. So one final prediction. Dave, we will start with you. What do the Vikings do at pick 14? Or not fourteen? Maybe they trade. What do the I, Vikings do round one of the draft?
0: I have no idea. Um, if they go <laughs> by settle their, on something, if, if if they go by their tradition, they're drafting for need and not necessarily BPA. But we discussed BPA isn't necessarily the right thing to do. If you're drafting for need, you want a best player available in that position. Um, I'm seeing Darisaw all over the place. Three tech, eh. I, I suspect they'll, if Slater drops, you know, one of the good tackles, they'll go that route. Uh, we have Jake asking about AVT. If he drops, by far, he's probably the best guard prospect on the list. I suspect they'll go that way. But there may be a hit. You guys may be right. They may be looking at quarterbacks. But I'm I'm betting a lineman. I'm betting a offensive lineman versus a defensive lineman. Even though Zim may want that defensive lineman, I don't I don't like the edges as much as people other people do. So I'd rather go offense.
1: Do you want to give a name to an offensive lineman, or are you just gonna you just gonna say it in general?
0: Just in general.
1: <laughs> okay, Ryan. Um.
3: If we stay at fourteen, I'd love Derisa. Um, I would not love uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. I don't think we need to spend that high pick on a guard. I don't think it makes sense. I don't think it's smart. Um, we the last time we spent a high pick on an interior lineman, it's Garrett Bradbury, and he's he's ass. So I'm I'm not a fan of his. So Are if you? it were me, and if I and if I had the opportunity, and I were to take a guess, I would love that trade back try to recoup some sort of picks, second round pick, third round pick. And I would take, again, if you want an interior alignment and you're thinking AVT at 14, I would much rather trade back, go grab um, Creed Humphrey, go grab, um, I don't know, uh, uh, Dylan Radins, right? At 28, Uh, let's say you trade with whoever's at 28. I can't remember. I think that's the Saints, but um and, and you go grab a quality offense alignment that's gonna be on par with AVT by the end of the day, I think. I think Creed Humphrey is likely gonna be the best interior um, offense alignment if Rashawn Slater doesn't move to guard um, in this draft. And hey, Creed Humphrey gives you um, center flexibility too, so you can play guard, and if Bradbury continues to suck, mm-hmm you can kick him over to a more important position at center and you're set again for the future there. So, um, because, you know, we always talk about the guards as our two biggest issues. We have three issues on that offensive line. It's all, all three interior. Um, I know Bradbury set in stone, so to speak, but again, just cause he's a first round pick two years ago, doesn't mean anything. Laquan Treadwell was a first round pick and he had to go sit behind uh, again, some quality players, but, um, I think that you need to make these guys earn it, and Bradbury, in my opinion, hasn't earned shit. So um, go go draft a guy to maybe push him, and then if that guy, if Bradbury plays well, because I don't think Bradbury can play guard, um, then you can kick Creed over to, to to
1: guard. So go off, Ryan. Holy buckets, <laughs> <laughs> Tanishka. What do you think?
2: I don't think we're gonna pick at fourteen. I don't know if it'll be up or down, but. I don't think we're picking at 14. Um, but I would say, like, ideally, I would trade down and take more defense. No, I would take – I just – Jalen Phillips probably. I I just like him too much. Um, I feel like he's, like, top 15 talent, but he's going to slip because of that concussion history. And if they're um, comfortable with that, then they can draft him, I feel like. Um, just because – he fits them, he's really athletic and he um I think he would be a really good like um on the opposite side of Hunter as well. But I just feel like they need pass rush um if they can get it. Like I don't want them to force and take an edge in round one, but um at the end of round one I'd rather have like Jalen Phillips than um Elijah Vera Tucker or someone like that or Samuel Cosme or someone um, because I feel like you can get that kind of player um, in day two and just kick O'Neal to the left. So blindsides covered. But um, I personally would go defensive end if they trade down, if they stay where they are. I don't even think Darissa is going to be available because the Chargers, they need a left tackle. So I feel like Darso is going to go pick before us, even though I love him. Um, and then I just don't think that – 14 is just such a weird spot because I feel like the top three linemen, Sewell, Slater, and Derrissau could all be gone. And then I feel like there's a little bit of a gap before like Jenkins or Cosme or like the next set of them. And But 14 is also too high to take a defensive end because I don't – I do like Pei and Phillips and stuff. I just don't think they're 14 good um, just because of Phillips's medicals. If that was, like, clear, then I'd be a bit more confident, but I'm not. And I just don't see them taking any other position in round one, even though I myself wouldn't mind, like, Devontae Smith if he's there, which I think he could be just because of, like, the whole size, weight, concern, stuff. Um, They wouldn't do it, but I I would. Um, But ideally, I would just trade down to acquire that second-round pick because – then you can just take someone like Raiden's or Eichenberg or Leatherwood, or I don't even know someone like that, that you can start day one at right tackle and address another need at the same time. But like in my dreams, I would take a QB, but I just don't think that's going to happen, but that'd be wonderful.
1: <laughs> Covering all the bases. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be bold. It's not even bold. It, it, Cause people are talking about it already. Vikings are going to trade up. They're going to, they're going to, I feel like all the stars are aligning. We see it, right? We called it out at the beginning of the show. Rick's been at these pro days. He knows these goddamn quarterbacks, and he wants one. He wants to save his job. We're about to see Spielman at his most vulnerable, and and he's going to jump at the opportunity. If Lance or Fields are there at eight, um, I think they offer a a deal that the Panthers can't refuse. I know trade value-wise it would be like a – the pick fourteen, a future second, and a fourth this year for like eight. In I think I think the 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 cap value or the trade uh, value says that you can ask for a third back. I think Rick says screw it. I think he says I'll give you fourteen and next year's first um, for eight and a third or a fourth, and we just call this a deal. He gets ahead of his former GM. Peyton snags that quarterback away from him, um, and then we just ride into 2022 with a brand new quarterback. How, how cool is that? That's what I think gonna be happen. amazing. If it does, I'm, I'm kind of screwed it. because I, uh, I I promised our, our buddy Miles a jersey uh, if that happened, <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden, all the steam picked up on it. So, maybe well, I it get would out make it.
0: for a great. Thursday night live, as broadcasting, everyone here, because if that happens, all of you are going to be calling in, and I'll be just switching screen after screen after screen. I think I'll be on that time. What do you think, Matt? What do you (laughs) think, Ryan? And we'll just go through.
3: Is our show on at that time? I think. Oh yeah, it's it's on eight. I don't know
0: what is scheduled. Oh yeah, right. Um, flip schedule, Uh, but we'll. If something big like that happens, we'll get everybody
1: on. I think Tanishka for seven sure. and, and Mike's happy hour is eight o'clock. So, um, it'll be, be right
3: about the time that we're picking or yeah. trading
1: up. So, uh, I everybody, get head on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, everybody in chat, thank you for, for sticking with us tonight. Um, with this show talking about all these crazy scenarios, uh, and uh ryan tanishka dave uh appreciate you guys as always hopping on tanishka your internet held up hell yeah yeah it uh, did. Let, it's working now. let's get it going again for draft weekend as well um everybody can tune in next week uh i don't remember what the time is so make sure you, you you check twitter but uh jordan reed will be back on uh from the draft network and uh his climb in the pocket days with us and we are gonna deep dive some prospects so um, you will not want to miss that episode. And uh, Doogie could not come this week, but there is hope that he can come the night before the draft with some big scoops before we head into it. So uh, thanks again, everybody. And Skullvikes. Vikes.
0: Skull. Thank you for watching or listening. Where'd the video go? As always, if you like, subscribe, <laughs> and ring the bell for notifications. Is right? Hold on. And if you're listening to the podcast... Let's try it. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Goal everybody!